Welcome to On Demand. This is Pastor Rick. This is going to be an historical time because you get to watch a sermon that was prepared in the middle of a crisis in America. Beginning of January 2021, when the uh, House of Representatives and the Senate was overrun by protesters, or by what some would call not protesters, people who were out of control, uh, people who were angry and supporters of the outgoing president and all the things that you can look back in your history books and, and are in the reports and see. But I want you to notice this sermon was prepared before that. And the sermon is about priorities. And it's really part of a series uh, in answering to a question that we have, which is how do you live in a new world? You have the coronavirus going on. At the time of this uh, recording, the death toll was climbing close to 400,000. You had several million people around the world infected. It was a truly a time of challenge for the world and America. And so now this sermon on priorities, where it talks about the ability to prioritize. Can you say yes? Can you say no? Listen to the sermon. May it bless you, lift your life, and take you back for many of you to a time in our country when we were struggling. We find our way forward when we open our hearts together and fight together. Enjoy the sermon. May it bless your heart and lift your life and may it help you in your crisis to prioritize the things that are really important. You enjoy today's sermon. Well, here we are. Man, this has been a year, 2021. What a year. I want to begin our talk today about something that I think is fundamentally important. Uh, and it centers around the issue of priorities. This, the theme for the year, every year I try to answer one question, just one question. And the question this year is, how do you live in a new world? The world has changed. Things are different. And our priorities have to follow suit. Last time we were together, I, I gave you what I call, um, I guess you call these good home training lessons. My mom used to say, you need some good home training. And you see a kid acting out in public, they say, ah, bad home training. Because if you deal with it in private, it's better in public. And so you want to train early so you can, you can get all that you're supposed to get out of life and not miss God's opportunities. I want to um, get you to think with me for a moment about how powerful it is when you get it right when you have the right training. So last week we talked about the importance of being isolated and how important it is to be trained, to be alone, self-entertained, my wife says. You have to learn how to do that by yourself. And then this week we want to talk about priorities and how important it is that you need, you need to have the right priorities. And that's, that's, that's home training lesson two. But all of this, all of this is centered under the theme, how do you live in a new world? Well, what you have to do to live in a new world is you have to have good home training. And you have to have the right kind of training, the right kind of, so that your thinking is right. One of the things that I remember, I went to a prison years ago, and a, a lady was um, in the ladies' prison. And um, I was privileged to sit in this session where, while during the session, one of the ladies uh, just started crying. And she said, you know, when I listened to you teach, and it wasn't me, I was watching a friend of mine teach. And he said, um, I realized that my thinking's wrong. I realize that my priorities are wrong and I have to tear down all of the things that I've been thinking and start over again. For some of us, that's true. This year has made us tear down some thoughts and ideas and assumptions about technology, about people, about life. And so our vision has to change and our attitudes have to change. And I want to take you to a text that kind of really makes that point clear. Turn to Mark chapter two. 
I want to read with me. I want you to I want you to listen carefully to how this text gives us a clear sense of the error we make. Mark chapter two, verse 21. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new pieces will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. The world is changing and things are new. The question is, can you cross the mental barriers and leap across your own philosophical hindrances? The things that would stop you from seeing that things are new. Are you trying to match something old with something new? I see this all the time. Churches have a very difficult time with that. And so in this political environment, when you have all the things that have taken place and you have all the pain, you have the, the emotional distress that the world has faced. The question is, can you adapt? Do you have the ability to leap across the mental boundaries that stop you? I mentioned the book to you. I've been talking about it for a few weeks. It's, it's called A Whole New Mind. And I want to read one more time this quote that I think is really important. Listen to what he said. He said, the ability to make big leaps of thought is, common, is a common denominator among the originators of breakthrough ideas. Usually this ability resides in people with very little backgrounds, multidisciplinary minds, and a broad spectrum of experiences. Boundary crossers reject either or choices and seek multiple options and blended solutions. There you go, my friend, by Daniel Pink, A Whole New Mind. An interesting book with an interesting concept. Thinking differently is hard for people. It's hard to get people to redo their priorities, to come to a place where they understand this is important, not that. It's hard to get people sometimes to embrace the idea of change. It's hard for pastors. I think religious people have a very difficult time with it because they feel they know the Bible and they know the voice of God and they just know everything. And so what happens is they end up becoming blinded and trapped by their own naivety. I wonder, are you that person? I wonder, are you trapped in a way of thinking? But you look at the results of your life. You, you look at your results. I, I've, been, I've been stunned at the way people have responded to this virus that we've been fighting. And if you're watching this post the coronavirus, God bless you, you made it through. Um, but, you, you know, at, at the time of this sermon, right at 400,000 people have died and people still won't wear masks when they're out near people or in public. They still won't social distance. I find that interesting that they they prioritize being with people and taking risk in ways that's unhealthy. Now, I know you have to work and you have to do certain things, but I just see the pride. The, the word hubris has always been a fascinating word for me. Hubris is the idea of being arrogant, prideful, and you just can't help yourself. You're just in this mindset where you just can't see. Now, I have been there. What's amazing is I didn't know it. I didn't realize how much my religious experience affected my attitude toward people, uh, people who disagree with me, people who were not a part of my group, my club. And uh, a lot of things j j just, just weren't clear. But one thing about Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, where we're about to go now, you see him being clear. 
clear about what's important and who's important, who I listen to, who I don't listen to. And he just models for us this, let me show you how to live in a world that's changing around you. Let me show you how you need to be stable when everything else is up and down. Part of my challenge as a pastor is to be stable. Why, as a father, a husband, is to be stable as a granddad. I need to be stable. You need to be able to count on me. And there are certain things that I believe we've gotten away from. But I want to show you, I want to take you on a journey with Jesus. He's in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, and he's been fasting. And there's not a lot in the Bible about exactly um, how much he fasted. All the details aren't there. You know, did he not eat anything? You know, did he not drink at all? Was it 24-hour fast? It doesn't, you know, he fasted for 40 days. It, it doesn't give the details. So a lot of people read into this and they go on these long fasts and sad to say I've known friends, people who died from fasting improperly and, and they, they, they died. They didn't, they died. Lord have mercy. But anyway, the point is there's something about being, seeing beyond the, the, the hunger part of the verse. And I talked about this a lot last time together when I talked about the power of isolation and how one of the things that you need in good home training is isolation skills. And that's what this series is about. The series, the whole series is about getting you to learn how to live in a new world. And one of the ways you do that is you've got to have good home training. First thing I talked about last week, you got to have the ability to be isolated. Just you, nobody around you, all by yourself. You have to learn how to deal with yourself, listen to your own voice, not be afraid of you. It's really, really important. Secondly, you have to know how to prioritize. Once you, once you isolate and you learn how to manage just being alone, you have to know what goes first and what goes second. It is easy to have the wrong priorities. It's easy to be around people you shouldn't be around. It's easy to go to meetings you should never go to. It's easy to have uh, obligations that are too much for your family, too much for you. Too many sports, too many activities, never tired, never rest. You never go on vacation. You don't have time to do anything. Can't save any money because you're always spending it. You're always helping somebody, doing something for someone else, and you are I want to say jacked up, but that would be good. You're, you're kind of messed up. Your money's messed up. Your life's messed up. Your health's messed up. You're, you're tired. You're, you're grumpy. And it's not, it's not the devil. It's bad priorities. Your priorities are out of sync. So I want you to, to learn that you have to have, number one, the ability to isolate if you want to be successful in this new world. And you have to have the ability to prioritize. Look at Matthew chapter 4. Let me show you what I mean. Jesus talked about this. He was clear in Matthew 4, verse 3. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Notice that in this conversation, Jesus is trying to model something for us. Here he is hungry and here he is being tempted to follow an appetite that is not consistent with his goals. I want you to take this bread and right, the stone and turn it into bread. So the question is, why would Jesus do that? What does it prove? Let me show off. You know, let me show you that I'm the son of God. Let me show you I got power to heal and make, make food, you know, out of rocks. People oftentimes will, will, for foolish reasons, get you to make decisions that are unwise. Let me say it again. People, for foolish reasons, will get you to make decisions that are unwise. If you're not careful that's exactly what will happen to you. And it's all because you are trying to impress somebody you shouldn't care about their view. There are people that you try to impress. And Jesus just had this great ability to say, it's not a priority for me. That's not important for me. I, I, don't, I, I live out of the mouth of God, not out of your mouth. 
It's what God said. It's not what you say. I mean, you think I'm ugly. That's your mouth. That's not God's. I mean, you think I'm, I don't have a future. That's your mouth. That's not God's. You think I you think whatever you think I should do it this way. But you're not God. I love the way he was able to put it in perspective. Your your voice is not a priority to me. God's voice is. I love that. <laughs> that helps me. I mean, listen, he, there, there, there are times that I've been too worried about what people would think. And I've been too worried about being mis I don't know, understood. And so I'll and I'll talk about this a lot when I get to this whole idea of prosperity. And I talk about how I was convinced to give away all my money, um, uh, give away things I shouldn't have given away. Um, even in our church business strategies, uh, to play down business and to make sure we don't, you know, talk too much about money and make sure we just don't, you know, and make, you know just a ah, bunch of broke people trying to get you to be broke with them. Let me say it again. A bunch of broke people trying to get you to be broke with them. You shouldn't worship money. I get that. But there's a priority to have assets. There's a pri- you, you, your priorities are off. Some of you are really spiritual, but you are horrible when it comes to your finances and your life. Look around your house is a mess. You, you're not taking care of yourself physically. Um, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm simply saying, let's be real. How, how could if you know you have diabetes and you're still eating the way you're eating, you're not even trying. Your priorities are off. I don't care whether you go to church every day, sing, dance and speak and speak in tongues and spin around on your spiritual heels. It doesn't matter if you know you are way overweight. I say this in love. Okay? You know, you're way over and you know that this is going to lead to heart trouble. This is going to lead. The doctor told you he told you. And you, you I don't care what the doctor say. Listen, if you're overweight, you're overweight. If you're underweight, you're underweight. I have to watch this. This thing, this thing right here ain't saved. This thing right here, I have to watch it all the time. It's just ain't, it ain't right with God. It won't do right. I'll get lazy. I won't work out. I won't take care of myself. I have to watch my meals. I have to watch. I love bread. Ah, cereal. I'm a cereal. <laughs> I really like sweets, kind of, sort of. Oh, man. But I have to pace it. Say, no. Yes, no. You got to hear me. No, yes, no. I, I, I moved. I love fish, right? So I moved to baking more than frying. But I love fried fish. Are you kidding me? Woo! Put that fish in the oven. I mean, sorry. <laughs> Not in the oven. In the frying pan. Ooh, love it. What? But every now and then I may fry one. That's every now and then, but not, not like it was before. I have to be careful. I mean, you'd be surprised. Simple things you can do. Look at your feet. Your feet, they stay crying. A crocodile. You ain't put no grease on them, oil on them or something. You look down. You scared. Look, scared. Look down there. You look down. Look down there. Look down there and apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't put any, you don't take care of yourself. Your hair. Okay, we won't talk about that. I mean, you're not even trying. And you're, you're, you're trying, you're, you know, what is that? It's, a, it's bad priorities. And sometimes if you're not careful, you, you don't even want to see it. And in our culture, that's what's happened. This is an interesting thing. I love the fact that Jesus was so honest because he admits an appetite, right? He was hungry. So here's what I want to ask you. What are you hungry for? Let's admit your appetites. Come on, let's admit it, okay? I was in class one time. I was, I was in high school, and I, you know, I'd just become a Christian. And a girl got up, and maybe she's watching. I don't know. <laughs> but she was in class, and she just said something it just made me like, whoa, 
I couldn't believe she said it. She just said, I don't, I don't know how sex came up, so shh, don't get nervous. But she said, I like it. I just tell y'all now, I want everybody to know. And she just, I, I was sitting there praying for her, Lord, in Jesus' name, we bind the spirit. <laughs> I was trying to listen too, because, you know, I'm trying to save now, but I'm, oh, that, do you really? You know, I'm, I was, <laughs> she just, I remember her, I don't know her name, I remember, I remember how she looked. I remember her sort of kind of, if you're the one, you know, it's okay, girl, I'm glad, whatever, God, hope God bless your life. But here's the deal she's honest. Some of you are not honest. You are a love fiend and you ain't honest. You know, you're sneaking around and nobody know because you know how to sneak. You are a black belt sneaker person. You sneak all the time. Nobody knows you plan. Plan your husband, plan your wife. Don't look over at them. You plan, you know you plan. Look at the preacher. You know you plan. I hope this don't break no fight. Now listen, I don't need some of you to start fighting. See, Pastor Ray talking about you. I know you plan. Don't do that. Look at the preacher. I'm talking to you. Your, this is about you. Stop judging anybody around you. This is about you for a moment. Coming to a place of honesty where you don't look, whatever somebody else is doing, I'm not talking about them. I want to talk about you. You. And the importance of having the right priorities. There's something about coming to that moment where you say, these are my hunger issues. I hunger for things that maybe aren't good for me. But I love the way Jesus could put his hunger in perspective. I don't live out of that. I don't live out of somebody else's opinion. I'm not driven by my hunger pains. I live out of the word of God. I pay attention to what God says should be a priority in my life. And it's not showing off in front of you. It's not doing what you want me to do. So, so what, what, do, what do you, who do you listen to? And, and, and are, are, how, are you, how are you managing your hunger and if you follow up on these hunger pains and you do these things, how will that advance your goals? Which is a big point for me. How will that advance where you're trying to go? Matthew chapter 16 takes us on a, a, a swing here that can help us a little bit in this conversation. And it, it, it lays out for us a, a, a condition. I love the fact that Jesus had this ability to say, if you want to, you want to do something, you want, you, want, you want something to happen in your life, let me show you how to get it. He's big on getting you there. He's big on you not just not just talking about it, but getting you there. It's like, let me show you. Let me show you how to get to where you want to be. So here you are. You got hunger. You got desires. Here's how you get there. Matthew 16, 24. Listen to what he says. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses their life will, for me will find it. What good? Listen carefully. It, it, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can you can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You know, I've always been fascinated. By this text, because it lays out five things that are really important. And let me just before I go through the five things to say, say this. If your priorities are wrong and you go after the wrong appetites and you go after the wrong things like power and politics and you sell your you sell your integrity for power. If you're not careful and you go after the wrong values. The result is, is tragic. What's happening in your life? What, what, what do you see in, around us right now? 
There are a lot of Christians that have made some really bad decisions in this, in this political environment because they did not stand up for what was right and challenge the person they loved. And I want to say this lovingly, and I want to just, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it because I think it's relevant today. Those who've loved the president, who love President Trump, I want to be clear and specific, love should, love should be confrontational. Love should help, love speak the truth in love, the Bible says. You should say, hey, this is right. I agree with you on here, but this is what's wrong. And the inability to do that is poor leadership and it's a lack of love. True love speaks the truth and says, here's what's good. His was bad. His was healthy. His was not healthy. And I think sometimes we have a hard time being honest and being clear and being being direct. This is right and this is wrong. Priorities are important. And, and being able to define what, where, where I speak truth to power and where I, I stand up and say, not wait until there's a ca- catastrophe and then now you have an opinion. Are you silent? You have nothing to say. If you love me, say something before I, I embarrass myself, before, I, before I'm put in a, a vulnerable legal place where I now I'm in legal jeopardy and now you are silent. And you can't admit that you didn't get it right. You can't admit that your priorities are wrong. One of the greatest things I've come to see is where my priorities are wrong. I just sat down last night, as a matter of fact, and, and wrote down good priorities and bad priorities, where I went right, where I went wrong, financially, emotionally, where my thinking's been wrong. I've had, there are moments you reassess all of that. The question is, can you do that? So let me close with my five, final observations. You ready? Number one, five things that make priorities work. Five things. Number one, a personal passion to want to be a disciple. If anyone wants to be my disciple, Jesus says, whoever wants to be Matthew chapter of uh, 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 <laughs> where am I in the Bible? I don't know. <laughs> Here we are in Matthew chapter uh, 16, verse 24. You lose your way sometimes. First of all, where 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 am I in the want area? Do I want to be a follower of Jesus? That's important. Verse 24. And, and secondly, a, a passion to self-denial. Can I, can I deny myself? That's important. That's the second thing you need. Number three, a, a willingness to follow. He said, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself and you have to follow. You can't always lead. Uh, you know, the biggest problem with Christians and leaders and pastors and leaders and churches is they always want to lead everything. Sometimes you're following. Sometimes you don't know the way. Sometimes you're not. You know, we have to be followers more than just leaders. Followership is a big thing. Google it. Followership. A lot of people around the world, Asian countries, a lot of places around the world, they, t- they study followership, not just leadership. Who do you follow? Who talks to you? Who guides you? One of the biggest mistakes of any leader is to come into to a bunch of power without having anyone that mentors them who's had power before. I call it celebrity training. You need that. And then here we are. You need to be willing to surrender. If you're not willing to surrender your life, you're always trying to seek to, to gain and win. You end up losing. And it's a horrible loss in public. And those who loved you should have helped you. And I want you to listen to me. You have to listen to somebody. You have to find, invite people in your life who don't agree with you. Sometimes you learn a lot from that. It's not lastly about just being committed to winning and preserving your life. So let me say them again. Number one, a personal passion to want to be a disciple. That's the first thing you need. Number two, a passion for self-denial. Number three, a willingness to follow. Number four, a willingness to surrender your life. You got to be willing to say, I surrender. And then lastly, you have to have a stronger commitment to preserving your soul than winning. 
Those are the five. Man, that's a lot. And a little bit of time. A little bit of time. I've been talking to you. Not long. But I hope I made you think. I hope it made you look at your life. I hope you make you say, you know, Pastor Rick, you know, I get it. I get it that I'm not necessarily the person who's always right. I'm not always the person who sees everything perfectly. I want you to listen to me. Life is not about you being perfect. It's about you learning how to do it right. And that's what I'll talk about next time. How to do it right. The ability to recognize the new wine of wisdom is called. There are things in your life that are right. And there are things in your life that are wrong. The new wine of wisdom. What's what's smart? What's not smart? A lot that's happened in our country has not been good. Not not a sign of good home training. A lot of us have struggled with this isolation. You've struggled being alone. You've over struggled. and, And you need to ask yourself, why am I so sad because I'm by myself? Why am I so sad that I don't have, what, is, what, what kind of training have I had in my life that made me unable to be alone? And then secondly, what are my priorities like? Why, why is my life all out of sync, all out of whack? I owe everybody, I'm in debt over my head, I'm drowning in emotional, look, look, something's wrong. I'm going to church all the time, I'm praying all the time. I got all kind of Bible verses, but I am confused as can be. Why am I like that? We'll talk about that. Good old home training. Helps pull all that together. And then here's the smart thing. And I say this at 62. You ready? Now I know. Matter of fact, those are the three words. And people ask me about everything that's happened and all the things that's taken place. I say, well, here, now you know. Now you have an opportunity to say, I now know what I didn't know before and I can build on top of that. I believe that God has his hand on our church. God has his hand on your life. God has his hand on our country. And God cares about all of us. So let me close with prayer. And for some of you who've never given your life to Christ, some of you who've never, ever gotten your life back on track, it's time for you to reestablish your priorities and get your life moving in the right direction. Let's pray. Father, I pray for our country. I pray for our, in, all those who are watching today. I pray for all of us who've gotten our priorities off. Let this be a day where they say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I realize I need to make a new start. I pray, God, for you to give us vision beyond what we've seen in our politics and vision beyond the pain in our current country. We pray for those, Lord God, again, who died, families who've lost loved ones to the coronavirus, those who are facing it right now, who are in the middle of the fight. I ask for healing and grace for them. And I thank you for your love and I thank you for your hand on us all. In Jesus' name, amen.